so ingenuous and vulnerable and confused. It's her I'm writing to, to that child, not to the arrogant, defensive person of later years. The rose gave me the idea. When I walked past it this morning, it seemed to say, take out some paper and write her a letter. I know that one of the agreements we made when you left was that we wouldn't write, and I'm sticking to it, but reluctantly. These lines will never make their way to you in America. And if I'm not here when you come back, they'll be here waiting for you. Why do I say this? Because less than a month ago, for the first time in my life, I was seriously ill. And so now I know that among all the other possibilities, there is also this one, that in six or seven months I may not be here anymore to open the door for you and put my arms around you. Some time ago, a friend was telling me that when sickness comes to people who have always been healthy, it strikes them suddenly and violently. And that's just what happened to me. One morning, while I was watering the rose, someone suddenly turned off the lights. If Mrs. Ratzman hadn't seen me through the fence between our gardens, you'd almost certainly be an orphan right now. Orphan? Uh, is that what you call someone whose grandmother has died? I'm not really sure. Maybe grandparents aren't considered important enough to require a special term for being without them. You don't become an orphan or a widow when you lose your grandparents. It seems natural for them to get left along the way absent-mindedly, like forgotten umbrellas. When I woke up in the hospital, I didn't remember anything at all. One afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. Ratson came to see me. He told me, "'That dog of yours was barking like mad.' He's the reason you're still alive. After I'd started to get back on my feet, I had a visit from a young doctor who had been in to check on me several times before. According to him, I was in such bad shape I couldn't go back home. He told me the names of two or three old folks' homes with nursing facilities where I could go and live. I said to him, Doctor, I'd rather die face down among the zucchini in my vegetable garden than live an extra year stuck to a bed in a whitewashed room. He gave me a nasty smile. Lots of people say that sort of thing, he said. And then at the last minute they came running back here, desperate to be looked after and trembling like leaves. Three days later, I signed a ridiculous statement in which I declared that if I should die, the responsibility would be mine alone, gathered up my little belongings into a plastic bag and headed for the taxi stand. As soon as Buck saw me at the gate, he started running round in circles like a crazy thing, and then, just to remove any doubts I may have had about the true extent of his felicity, he demolished two or three flower beds, barking all the while. For once I didn't have the heart to scold him. When he came up to me with his nose covered with dirt, I said to him, See, old boy, we are together again, and I scratched the back of his ears. Since my incident, the left side of my body doesn't obey my commands the way it used to. My left hand especially has become very slow. I hate to let it get the better of me, so I'm forcing myself to use it more than my right one. In any case, it looks as though my autonomy is shrinking. So I've given Walter's wife a set of keys. She drops in for a visit every day and brings me whatever I need. The thought of you has grown so insistent that it's a genuine obsession. Several times I've gone so far as to pick up the telephone to send you a telegram, but every time the operator came on the line I changed my mind. 
In the evening, sitting in my armchair, I would ask myself what would be the best thing to do. Best for you, naturally, not for me. For me, of course, it would be much nicer to have you beside me when I go. If I had told you about my illness, I'm sure you would have interrupted your stay in America and rushed home. And then, and then, who knows, I might live for another three or four years, maybe confined to a wheelchair, maybe even with my mind gone, and you would do your duty and look after me. You do it with dedication. But as time passed, that dedication would transform itself into anger and resentment. Resentment because the years would have passed and you'd have wasted your youth. Because my love, with a sort of boomerang effect, would have forced your life into a blind alley. Or so the voice inside me that didn't want to telephone you said. But as soon as I decided that...